This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Well, we're ending a series. I really love this. This is a series on power fruit. And we've been talking about the fruit of the Spirit. Amen? And I'm telling you, that's, you know, it's uh, what Lord revealed to me. When you walk in the fruit of the Spirit, you're really walking in the character of God. Amen? And so if we can operate in all nine fruit of the Spirit, you know, at, at different times, if we can operate in, in consistently, guess who we're going to look like? We're going to look like Jesus. Amen. Amen. And so, uh, you know, and, and that's a key, uh, you know, because God wants us bearing fruit. Look at your neighbor and say, bear fruit. Amen. And so God wants us bearing fruit. In other words, God wants us growing in our relationship with him. Anybody growing in here? Amen. Amen. And uh, he wants us growing. And, and really, if you're going to walk in the fruit of the Spirit, you're going to have to abide in the vine. Amen. You're going to have to stay in his presence. Amen. And, I, you know, I, and how do you do that? Well, you, you abide in the vine by, by spending time in his word, by spending time in worship. Amen. And I'm going to say, if I'm low on the word, I'm a carnal person. Anybody know what I'm talking about here? Carnal, fleshy, body ruled. And we don't want to be like that. So, so Galatians 5, through 26. Let's look at this. This is our foundational scripture. And this is the Apostle Paul. And uh, he's talking about the fruit of the Spirit here. And he says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. Amen? And I love that because, really, when you receive Jesus, you receive love. And you have that love of God, the Bible says in Romans 5, 5, shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. So, so it, it, it comes into your life. But you know what? Even though you have love that's in your life, you're still going to have to exercise walking in love. Amen. Amen. In other words, love could be in our lives, but it can be dormant. Amen. And so we're going to have to practice. Oh, pastor, you want me to do the word now? Y- yes, you're going to have to practice walking in love. And how do you do that? You forgive people that hurt you. You you walk in love. You do good to those who persecute you. Amen. You pray for those who despitefully use you. Not praying that, that hell will fall on their heads. Amen. No, you pray mercy for people. Amen. So you pra- say, I'm practicing love. So you've got to practice this love. Amen. And then, then the next fruit is joy. And, you know, joy is an awesome fruit. I want to walk in joy. How many people want to walk in joy all the time? And, you know, we, I know this, that the, when Jesus sent out the, the people to go out to minister, uh, go out there to minister the gospel, he said, heal the sick, you know, open the blind eyes, freely give, freely receive. And when he, when he said that and they came back, the Bible said they came back with joy. And, you know, the joy, I really believe, is more than just us getting something. Sometimes we receive something from somebody, like a gift, and I would say sometimes th- that can make you happy because gifts and things can make you happy. It's what's happening, right? But joy is something that comes from God. And I really believe joy comes into our equation when we step out and start giving out. Okay, now I'm preaching a message. When we start giving out of what we have, our resources, 
God will download joy in your life. When you do something for somebody, like the disciples, the Bible said they came back with joy. Think about that. Because they were out doing the kingdom. And I'm telling you, I, I never feel better. Uh, you know, what really lights my fire is when I'm out there talking to people about the Lord, praying for people, seeing people's lives change, it, it really floats my boat. Does it float your boat too? <laughs> I hope it floats your boat. Amen. And so, and so really, if you want joy, then you need to give out uh, 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 peace. I like that. Peace is a key fruit. And, I, and the world doesn't have peace. The world is trying to fill itself with all kinds of things and stuff and, and entertainment and all that. And that's all good. That's all good, feel good moment at times. Um, but, but you know what? The peace comes when, when, we, when we have a relationship with God and we understand that our sins are forgiven. And that we don't have to work for our righteousness that God has imputed righteousness to us and we are walking in the blessings of the Lord. Amen. We can have peace by the blood of Jesus. But peace also comes by, you know, uh, joy comes from giving out. But peace comes by letting go. And so sometimes you just got to let go of some things. You know, what that person said to you, you just let it go. What that, what that, you know, what happened at work, just let it go. What, what, what your spouse said to you the other day, just, just don't, don't hold on to it. Just let it go. And sometimes you just got to let things go. I like that old Pentecostal saying, let go and let God. Anybody ever heard that? Amen. So we need, just need to let go. And then, and then, uh, and then the next one is long suffering or, or patience is, is, is the next fruit. And, uh, you know, uh, none of us want to hear a conference on patience. Nobody wants to wait for anything. That's the reason why fast food restaurants are so popular. I don't know if they're fast food anymore. They don't seem to be. But, but fast used to be able to get your fast food in 20, you know, fast. But now you got to wait in line, wait, take a number, sit down. I was at McDonald's one time and they said, take a number. I said, what, what happened to fast food? Take a number. Yeah, go sit down. We'll, we'll bring it to you. I said, what is this, a sit-down dine restaurant now? I thought at McDonald's, they got famous for getting the hamburger out in 20 seconds. That's how they sold all these hamburgers. They, they did it fast. They had the assembly line. But now I don't know what's going on. Anybody know what I'm talking about here? But, you know, that's where you can practice patience. Patience. I remember that day that I was at McDonald's and they got my food order wrong. It took even longer. Patience. Hallelujah. I love McDonald's anyway. How many people love McDonald's out here? All right, I love you guys too. Amen. Nobody's raising their hand. We're not, I'm not going to raise my hand for nothing. Amen. Uh, Kindness. 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 You know, that's something that, that's a fruit of the Spirit. Is be kind. And you know, and, and that is, I really believe kindness is a door opener uh, to people's hearts. Amen. Amen. When you're kind to people, when you're, when you're go, going, you know, Jesus actually said it this way. Jesus said that we need to go the extra mile. 
That means you, you mean do something extra for somebody. Do, you know, do something, go the extra. If somebody wants you to go one mile, go with them too. What does that mean? That means that, that you're going to have to, you know, you know, put in the fruit of patience while you're going the extra mile. Amen. And, it's, and sometimes, it, sometimes it hurts to serve God. Sometimes it's going to cost you to serve God. What, Pastor? Some, it's going to cost you some time. It's, it's going to cost you some, some effort. It's going to cost you some. But really, it really doesn't cost. It pays rich dividends. Because what we're doing is we're sowing into the kingdom of God. We're sowing our lives and we're reaping, you know, we're going to reap treasures in heaven. Amen. And, and, so, and so we need to be, be kind to people. We need to so, Kindness, and uh, I remember there was a there was a guy that I was uh, with with um, somebody at from church at uh, Target Target. That's French way of saying Target Target. And all right, okay. And uh, I need a better writer, I guess. But anyway, uh, so anyway, I was out there, and there's there's this young teenager. I don't know if he's teen, maybe he's early twenties. And, uh, I, you know, and he saw me and I was witnessing to, the, to one of our church members talking about how good God is. He must have heard that. And he said, hey, can you give me a ride back home? <laughs> I said, where do you live? North Carolina. No, no, I'm kidding. But uh, <laughs> in Norfolk. And I said, OK. I said, I looked at him and I said, Lord, is he OK? You know, you always have to check with the Lord, right? Uh, Lord, is he OK? You know, and you, if you have a peace. Now, if you've got these alarms going off, they want to cut your they want to cut your throat. OK, that's just bottom line. If you've got alarms going off on the inside of you, like, no, warning, warning, get away. Just step back. I'm sorry. The bus, I think, is the bus. I'll give you a bus ticket. Amen. Let's call an Uber. Okay. But, uh, but I didn't have those warning signs. I felt all right about it. And so, uh, so I, I, I went ahead and took him home and ministered to him about the, you know, the Lord. And he, I found out he, he was saved. He knew the Lord. And, um, and so after I dropped him off, it was inconvenience. It wasn't something that I wanted to do. But it was kindness. Amen. It, it was kindness. And, 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 the, and the bottom line is, I just felt like that... That really, the Spirit of the Lord said, you just drove Jesus home. I said, what do you mean I just drove Jesus home? Well, because we're the body of Christ. And how you treat somebody, you're treating, you know, if you don't, if they're not like Jesus in front of you. I mean, what we've done, in other words, the Bible says what we've done to the least of these, we've done unto him. That's a concept to think about, isn't it? So in a sense, what I did for this man, I did for Jesus. It would be like taking Jesus home. Okay, but I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to sell you on that. But anyway, the next thing is goodness. And we need to understand that God is good. Amen. Amen. And all goodness comes from God. And one of the biggest things that the devil will try to make you think, sometimes when we're not seeing our prayers answered, sometimes when we see tra- uh, tri- people going through trials and tribulations or good people being hurt, sometimes uh, the devil will want you to make you to believe that God isn't good and God is good. Amen. The devil's bad. And sometimes people do dumb things and sometimes people yield to the devil. And so people out here, they're doing bad things. It's not God inspiring them to do bad things. No, the Bible says all good things come from God. One of the things the enemy will try to do is when we're in our trial or our tribulation or when we're suffering in our walk with Christ, 
The devil will want you to think that God's not good. He is good and he can redeem anything, any struggle, any weakness, anything we're going through. God can redeem it. Whatever the enemy means for harm, God can turn for good. Do you believe that today? God can turn it for good. Amen. And so God is good. Amen. And, and, and listen, you can't be good unless you have God. OK, I said it. Well, what about good moral? There's good moral people out there. But if they don't have Jesus there, they can have some moral. You know, they may have some morals. They they but they're still bad. In other words, Jesus said that people that don't have Jesus are evil. Oh, man, this is pretty strong today. <laughs> in other words, they're really just thinking about themselves. They're, they're the king of their lives. They're, they're, the, they, they're running their own show. They don't need God. They, they don't need, you know, God in their life. They don't need anything like that. But you know what? A humble person needs God. And for me to be good, I need God to, I need God in my life. I need, I need a, I need a revelation of the goodness of God so I can walk in goodness. So I, so I can be nice to the people that aren't nice to me. Or is anybody hearing what I'm saying today? I gotta have a revelation of the goodness of God in my life. I'm telling you, if if it wasn't for God being in my life, I'd probably be in Vegas right now. Anybody know what I'm talking about here? Yes. Amen. Because I, I, I used to gamble, man. I was, I, I, I was the lottery man. I loved going into 7-Eleven and getting that lottery ticket. You guys heard that before. Anybody get those lottery? I want to win the big one, right? So you, know, you get into 7-Eleven and, I, and everybody do, does it the same. <laughs> kind of looking around. Praise the Lord. Five dollars. Give me five more. <laughs> but then one day I walked in seven land. It fell off of me. I, I didn't have the desire to buy lottery tickets. I started doing what God tell, told me to do in his word. I started tithing and giving offerings. And instead of trying to trying to win the big one, I, I, I started winning the big one with God by being obedient to God. And then God started opening the windows of heaven and pouring out blessings that I had not room to receive. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? I started investing my money instead of the lotto ticket into the Lord Jesus Christ. And God has blessed my life abundantly. Amen. And I'm telling you, take the challenge. Take the tithe challenge. Tithe. Give offerings and watch God open the windows of heaven. Pour you out a blessing that you cannot even receive. Do you believe that today? Praise God. And so goodness, so God, somebody say God is good. Faithfulness, we talked about faithfulness, amen? And you know, that is the bedrock of of the blessing. It's, uh, you know, when Jesus comes back, he says, will he find faith on the earth? Will he find people still following him? Will he find people still reading their Bibles? Will he find people still going to church? Will he still find, will he find people witnessing for the Lord? Will he find people? Will he find faith on the earth? He will find it in Exceed Life Church. He will, he's looking for a faithful people. 
when, when we see him, my, my desire, when I see Jesus, I don't want Jesus just to say, well, come on in. I want him to say, well done. That's how Jesus likes his steak. Well, no, I'm kidding. But well done. I like it medium rare. Well done. Thy good and faithful. Notice that. Well done. Thy good and faithful servant. You know about the four soils, right? The first soil, uh, it's uh, the parable of the soils or the parable of the seed or the sower. And, you know, the first soil, the person hears, uh, doesn't even really hear the word. They don't get saved. The second soil, they hear it. They get excited about it. And then, uh, you know, it, it gets hard. Persecution comes in. Problems come in because of the word. Because now you're trying to walk with God. And it, when you start walking with God, bet you bottom dollar, the devil's going to start trying to stir some things up. Amen. You start fasting and praying and you're thinking, I'm going to be on top of the mountain. You might be in the valley. You know, Jesus, you know, as soon as Jesus obeyed God, you know, when he was at the Jordan River, he got water baptized, came up. God said, my beloved son, whom I'm well pleased. I'm telling you the blessings of God. Oh, Jesus. Now go into the wilderness. <laughs> oh, God. Amen. And you know, he went in the wilderness, what, to be tested, to be tempted, to be tried, you know, to see what he was, you know, really he was, it was a, it was a, it was a duel between him and the devil. And Jesus won. Jesus won. Amen. And so he beat the devil and he continued in his fast and he came out. I love that. See, listen, some of you are going through a trial. Some of you are going through a tribulation. But listen, be of good cheer. Jesus has overcome the world and you can overcome this world. But be of good cheer because you're coming through it and you're going to come through it in the power of can somebody say power, power of the spirit? You're coming through whatever situation you're going through that might seem to be a hard situation. God's bringing you through into a place of power of the spirit. Because your mess might become your message. Anybody listen to what I'm saying to you today? Nothing's ever wasted in the kingdom of God. Nothing's ever wasted. No matter what we go through, we can learn what we go through. For instance, I was at the meetings with Todd White this week. And Todd White was ministering um, down at the beach at the um, conference center over there. I think there was over a thousand people there. It was awesome. And uh, one of the things is, Todd, he's like, he witnesses to everybody. I mean, he, anything that moves, he witnesses. I mean, that, that man, is, he's witnessing to everybody. I'm talking about everybody. And I mean, I mean, this guy, seriously, he's talking to everybody about Jesus. And um, but I found out in his first six months of being saved, he was sort of um, he didn't really live the life. He was he was still doing some things that were wrong and all this. And he, he would still get drunk with, with like he had a best friend that he would get drunk with. But he said, Jesus is good. and Jesus is savior. But he's still, you know, he's drinking with them, partying with them. And, you know, he didn't convert his friend. His friend died of an overdose. And so in that six months time, the Lord revealed to him. I, it, well, he, I mean, so, you know, he realized that if he lived his life right before his friend, not partying and doing all this, maybe his friend could have got saved. But his friend said, well, that's good for you. And, 
and what I believe is good for me. You know, what you believe will, will affect your entire existence. How you believe about something will affect how you live your life. And you get, you, we need to believe right. The reason why some Christians are they're, they're out there, they're doing the wrong things because they, they haven't been infected with the gospel yet. And he got a revelation and God revealed something to, to Todd White when he was ripping off a drug dealer because he was still hooked on drugs. Yes, you can still be on drugs and be saved. I said it. You could be an alcoholic and still be saved. Yeah, that's right. You, you could be a horror monger and still be saved. I don't know how long you're going to be stay saved. but I don't know how long it's going to last. But, but you, yeah, you, 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 because we're in a... How many people are in a process in here? A process of growth. You're coming through some weaknesses, coming through some issues, coming through some things. But I'm telling you, God is changing us. From glory to glory, from faith to faith. You're not stuck where you're at. You're coming out of it. You believe that today? Say, I'm coming out of it. And gentleness, which was last week. And, and another word for gentleness is meekness. And that is, and that is a key uh, of, of, I really believe, a key component of humility. Being meek. Amen. In other words, you're not trying to make waves. You're not trying to get your own way. You're not, you're not trying to voice your own opinion. You're not trying to, you know. Oh, you hear what I'm saying today? You're not trying to defend yourself. Ah, I got rights. You know, no, God can defend you better than you defend yourself. The Bible says, you know, leave room for the wrath of God. He's the judge. Let him judge the situation. But you walk in love. You pray for that person and let God deal with that person. I'm telling you, I'd rather have God deal with that person than me hold on harbor any ill will or bitterness towards people. Let it go. Amen. And so we see that. So, so last week was meekness. And I, and I ended that sermon with meekness isn't weakness. It's strength under control. In other words, you have the ability to take somebody down. You have the ability to choose somebody out. The waiter or the waitress that brought the food to your table and the food wasn't right or the food was cold. Or Amen. I've been at this restaurant, <laughs> McDonald's. <laughs> I ordered my food. What happened to fast food? You got my order wrong. No, I didn't do it that day, but... <laughs> Walk in love. Walk in love. Look at your name and say, walk in love. love. Amen. And so now today, now, can I get to my message? (laughs) I'll try to make it quick. My message here is today we're going to deal with the fruit of, ready? Ready? Self-control. Amen. Self-control. Amen. So I want to talk to you about the fruit of self-control. And the fruit of self-control will help you make it to the finish line. It's also called the fruit of temperance. And uh, uh, it's the ability by the power of God to have restraint. Now, listen to what I said. It's the ability by the power of God 
to help you restrain some things. It's not just willpower. Some of us have willpower. How many people have willpower? For about two days on your diet. I mean, some of us, we can set up a diet first day. We can, we can say we're going to abstain from this. And have you ever tried doing that? And all of a sudden you go to work and they bring the donuts in. Have you ever? I mean, you, that's it. No donuts. That's it. I'm going to eat right. You got, here's some donuts. And it's your favorite kind, the Krispy Kreme lemon filled, you know, right? And you're like, ah. anybody know what I'm talking about? Isn't that always happens? Or somebody, t- hey, you want to go out to lunch and you're fasting? Ah. Has that ever happened to anybody here? It has, happens to me a lot. You know, I'm going to fast for God. And then I'm eating steak with my best friend, you know. Tomorrow, I'll do it tomorrow. There's always tomorrow, right? No, it may not be always tomorrow. You know, you, you, you may need to get it done today, amen? So we're talking about self-control, and that is a key uh, word. And I really believe self-control, uh, the, 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 I guess the greatest word that connects to it is you ready for this? And this is a nasty word for a lot of people. It's called submission. Oh, my Lord Jesus. Nobody wants to submit. And really, being humble means being submitted to God. And so we don't, listen, listen, we need to be very careful because we are, we are, we are Christians and we are self-controlled. Amen. And hopefully we're God-controlled, but we got to control ourselves. And this is the problem with a lot of Christians and in general, and, and sometimes it's my problem too, is that sometimes I'm not walking by faith. I'm walking by feelings. I'm, okay. Feelings. Nothing more than feelings. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I hope I got that song right. Whoa, 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 feelings. Tearing my heart apart. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Feelings. I just didn't feel like going to church today. I didn't feel like witnessing. I sure didn't feel like giving into the offering. (laughs) Are you? Feelings. And what happens is sometimes we allow our feelings to trump faith. We allow our emotions to, to dictate the outcome of our walk with God. And we need to be very careful because our emotions can knock us out. Our feelings can knock us out, can, can keep us from, from being uh, restrained. Amen. And, and I'm telling you, because I'm telling you, we, we have passions and, and we have desires. And, you know, you have, you have, you have a hunger desire, you have sexual desires, and you just have desires. You got to control those things. Or they will take you down a, what I like to call a primrose path of death. Why, why is it called primrose path? Because it looks good while you're walking down that path. It's roses. But at the end of it is destruction. If it, you know, the world says, if it feels good, just do it. The, wor- the world says this. Well, if you wake up one day and if you're a man and you feel like a woman, just be a woman. <laughs> 
Come on. In other words, it doesn't matter what science, you know, you, you know it doesn't, the psychology, it doesn't matter what science, now science doesn't count anymore. No, if you're a man, you got the equipment. If you're a woman, you got the equipment for that too. You know, you know what I'm saying? But don't, are you hearing? You don't go by what you feel like. And then some, you got some parents that say, well, if, feelings, man. How, how does that work for you when you get pulled over going 65 into 55? Well, I felt like I was going 55, officer. I mean, it felt like 55. Oh, you went with what it felt like instead of what it says on the sign. It says 55, but you felt like it was 55, but you were actually going 65. Here's your ticket. It didn't feel like I was going. I mean, because it's a big car and everything seemed to move slower in bigger cars. Is that right? The smaller the car, it seems the faster it seems to go by. Maybe not. Maybe not. Amen. So, so we need to be very careful that we're not allowing our emotions or our feelings to dictate our, you know, our life. In other words, we need to be governed by the Holy Spirit and by the standard of God's word. You mean, you mean pastor, you're telling me I need to live by a standard? You better. You better live by something. You know, there's a standard. The Ten Commandments is a standard. That's something that, that is not the Ten Suggestions, it's the Ten Commandments. And you say, well, we're not under the Old Testament. No, but we're under the New Testament. And that's to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. You do those two, you will obey the entire Ten Commandments. Amen. Amen. And so we got to get a revelation of that. In Galatians 5, 19 and 21, I love this. And um, this is what we're trying to avoid here. We're trying to avoid some of these things. In Galatians 5, 19 through 21, it says, Now the works of the flesh. Now, you know, Paul is not talking, you know, he's not writing this letter to sinners. He's writing this letter to saints. He's writing this to us. It's not just for sinners. But he's, 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 this is a warning right here. Can somebody say warning? So, so he's warning us as saints. He's saying here, Now the works of the flesh are evident, which is adul- adultery. Uh, fornication, uh, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath. How many people fall in that one at times? And maybe almost a week ago. Okay. Outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions. Heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, reveries, and the like, in which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Okay, so, so we see this list. This is more than all the fruit of the Spirit, Pastor. That's a lot. That's called flesh. That's, 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 what, that's what the unredeemed walks in every day that's are you but we're redeemed people we don't walk in these things now we may stumble we may fall every once in a while i might get upset and yell at my wife every once in a while i may kick the dog every once in a while i don't have a dog but um i might you know lose it every once in a while but hopefully i'm not losing it every day of my life or you or we're gonna lose it hopefully we're not cussing and cursing everybody out every day and 
Are you listening to what I'm saying today? Hopefully we're not living in perpetual state of sinfulness and flesh. Hopefully when that happens, we repent and say, Father, forgive me. Help me not to go there again. And we're trying to do everything we can not to walk in the flesh. Hallelujah. So I don't want to walk in those things. I don't want any of those things to be in my in, in my in, in, in my life. I don't want I don't want pornography to be my hot button. Pastor, you're really preaching it today. I are you listening? I don't I don't want when I get up in the morning, man, I got to man, I got to hit that site. Boom, 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 boom. Then maybe that's what you're worshiping. And maybe that's your God. Ooh. And God said, I don't want any other gods besides me. Amen. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Yeah. Sexual sins will tear down a lot of people. Amen. Will destroy our lives. We've got to be very careful with that. And we've got to be very careful about idolatry, about the worship of something else other than God. Amen. And we have to keep walking with God. And what he says here, that those who practice practice. You don't practice these things. You live in righteousness. You love righteousness. You hate lawlessness. I sometimes say, I love righteousness. I hate lawlessness. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? When, when When the pageant's on, I gotta change it. I love righteousness. When Sports Illustrated is on that, on that thing and my wife's not around. Should I check it out? No, my wife's better than Sports Illustrated, the swimsuit section. Are you listening to what? Is this helping anybody today? Anyway, you, somebody say, I love righteousness. I love righteousness. And, I hate lawlessness. and I hate lawlessness. But I'm going to say the good news for you today is maybe we are, have some weaknesses. And maybe we have been, you know, listen, it, you can't. Listen, there's a point where you're going to have to turn away from it. I, I say, I preach, you need to ask God's forgiveness, but you can't just keep asking God's forgiveness over and over and over and over and over and over again because you're going to, you're, it's not going to work. Repentance is not just saying, I'm sorry. Repentance is turning a, away from it. Does that make sense? It's saying, I'm not going there. In other words, you know, I believe some of these things, I don't care if you're a born again believer, if you're practicing these things, Paul says, you're not going to make it into the kingdom of God. So in other words, if that, if that becomes your life, yes, your lifestyle can affect your eternity. How you live your life can affect your eternity can affect the quality of your life down here, can affect the quality of your, you know, uh, the rewards that you may or may not receive in heaven. And if you get there. Because my Bible says I work out my my salvation with fear and trembling. What does that mean? Fear and trembling. That means that if you if you're tempted to go in the other way, basically going in, in a in a flesh situation, it should make you a little nervous because now you're tempting God. And I don't want an expectation of judgment in my life. I need an expectation of good in my life. And anytime we're walking in sin, it brings shame and it brings an expectation that God's going to judge me one day for this sin. 
And I can't live my life in condemnation. I have to live my life in righteousness. And, in, and I'm going to say this. Sin will make cowards of us all. We'll shut us down. We'll shut the light down. We'll shut the anointing down. We'll shut the grace down. Sin. Tolerate it. Will destroy us. We can't have sin in our life. We got to flee lust. The Bible says only run from one thing, and that's useful lust. Flee from it. Lust is whatever is, is drawing you into it that, that you put before God. We got to be very careful. Uh, you, know, you, you know, there's no such thing as, as uh, 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 now, now, man, I'm getting political now. My gosh, should I make that statement, Lord? <laughs> there's no such thing as a gay Christian. Or a gay union and they're Christians and they're saved by the blood of Jesus, but they live in a gay lifestyle or they're a gay marriage. Uh, uh, have you read your Bible? Are they saved? Not according to the word of God. Now they can come out of it. They can repent. They can turn back to God. God can save them. You know, I'm not their judge. But if you're living in a perpetual state of sin, you better check your salvation card. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Why? Listen, I want to preach hell so hot you don't want to go there. And I want to preach God so good you want to get to heaven. And you just don't want to barely make it in. No, you want to, you don't want to make it in by the skin of your teeth. No, you want to make it in coming in glorious. We're the glorious church of the Lord Jesus Christ. With Jesus coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. No spots, no wrinkles. Make sure I'm. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Get the spots out. Get the wrinkles out. Do whatever you can. Amen. Are you listening to me? Jesus said he is the way, the truth and the life. He says no one can go to the father but by, by, by him. Jesus is your way out. He's your only way out of your problem. Jesus is not just, he didn't just point to the truth. He is the truth. Jesus is truth personified. His words are true. He says, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. If your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. He didn't really mean that for real. As in, do the, cut your hand off. He's saying that the, the, the wages of sin is death. You sow to the flesh, you will reap corruption. You sow to the spirit, you will reap life. It, you know, you can say, well, somebody say, well, God doesn't judge us. Well, what about the law of sowing and reaping? Let's just take away the judgment side of it. What you sow is what you're going to reap. I hope I have a church here next week. But what? what? I hope you guys show up next week. <laughs> if not, then I know who's saved, right? And it was going back to the world. Amen. And what, what am I saying? I'm saying there's a law. There's laws out here. Whatever we sow, whatever we plant, it, it's going to grow up. If you sow, you know, to the flesh, 
you will reap corruption. If you sow to the spirit, you will reap life. That's why I like to do everything I can to get as much word as I can every day in me. I, I, want, I don't want to listen to old music that I used to listen to uh, when, I, when I wasn't saved. I don't want to listen to that kind of music. You know, I, I, I was riding in a car with, with, a, with a person I knew and they don't go to this church and um, and they were listening to all the old 80s music. It's only 80s. And, um, and I like what? And, and I want to keep my mind stayed on Christ. So I want to listen to K-Love or whatever that's going to, that's going to glorify God. And so they got the 80s music on, they said, and, and, and they're playing it. And they're a Christian, you know, and they, they're serving God in another church. And so I'm listening, you know, I'm listening to a, uh, a song, you know, My angel is a centerfold. Na 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 na. You know, you guys remember that song, Jay Giles Band. I don't need that in my set system. I don't need to be listening to that old music. Why? Because all it does is feeds the flesh. No, I need to get God one hundred. I need God twenty four seven. I need I need God all the time. Why? Because the flesh always wants to go the world's way. The flesh is always drawn into the glitz and the glamour of this world. The flesh is drawn towards fleshy things. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? How are you going to get control? You know uh, uh, of your life. You know Samson. He didn't have that fruit of control. Of course, he wasn't a redeemed man. But, but Samson had the anointing of God. He could rip a lion in half. He, he could kill a thousand men with a jawbone of a donkey. This man was raised up to be a judge for God. He did mighty things, but he couldn't control himself. And he, and he dated, you know, of course, the, the, he was with the wrong person, you know, Delilah. And he put his hat, head in Delilah's lap. And just the name Delilah. Sounds so attractive. Delilah. Have you seen Delilah? She's a Philistine. Those Philistines got it going on. Man, have you seen Delilah? Wow. She even wears fishnet stockings. Wow. Delilah. And he got pulled in. To the, and swayed in by Delilah that she had no covenant with God. She didn't care anything about God. She, she was the ultimate uh, gold digger. Because when the other Philistines came to her and said, we'll pay you money. If you just wear those fishnet stockings and you'll get his attention. No, you pay you some money. To, we'll pay you all this gold if you can find out the secret of his power. And so you know what? The devil, you see, you're anointed. Each one of you guys are so powerful in God. And the devil knows it. He knows he can't contend with you if you're walking with God. He can't deal with you if you're walking in the power of the Spirit. He can't deal with you when you know the Word. He can't deal with you when you're walking in sweet fellowship with the Lord. The devil can't handle it. But if the devil can get you sinning a little bit, get you going the wrong way, walking in the darkness, then, then the anointing will slowly leak out of us. We'll start forgetting who we are. We forget whose we are. And we start thinking that we're part of the world. And then God starts, the God card starts fading in our lives. And we start forgetting who God is. 
And we start forgetting who Jesus is. And we, then we start wondering if we're even saved. And we start doubting our salvation because we're living in the world. And we're walking like the world. And the devil will say, you're not saved. Look how you live in. And you don't really need that church. And you don't need the Bible. You don't need Christian friends. You don't need any of it. You don't need God. You're doing okay right now. Until you get to a place in your life where the only way you can look is up. Because now you're in a pit so low, you don't even know if you can get out of it. But you know what the Bible says? It says in, his, it says in the Old Testament that, that, that the Israelites, they would serve God and they would go back on God. They would start serving other idols. Then they would serve God and they kept going back and forth. It was a love-hate relationship. And they kept going back and forth, back and forth. And then in Psalms it said, fools because of their transgressions were afflicted. But God, they called out to God. And God saved them from all their destructions. God had mercy on them. Even though we can do some stupid things, even though we can live our life wrong, God can wipe it all clear. He can put you back up and he can put the anointing on your life and he can make you into somebody. The devil wants to make you nobody, but God will make you somebody. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Get sold out to God. Don't allow those weaknesses to take you down. I love what it says in Hebrews 12, 1. It says, therefore, we also, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. You're in a race today. And I'm telling you, the enemy wants to slow some of us down. The enemy wants to put weights on us. The enemy wants to keep us from, from accomplishing what God wants us to accomplish. But what we need to do, we need to do what 12, Romans 12, 1 and 2 says. We need to, we need to, what does Romans 12, 1 and 2 say? It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can prove what is the perfect, good, perfect and uh, acceptable will of God. So how are we going to change? How are we going to come out of some of these things? We, we need to present our bodies as a living sacrifice to God. You don't, listen, your life is not your own. When you got Jesus in your life, you belong to Jesus now. I belong to Jesus I can't, I can't go to Vegas on the weekends. I can't go play blackjack. <laughs> I guess I could, but probably be a short life. And what, what stays in Vegas, goes to Vegas, stays, stays in Vegas. Your money, right? So, yeah, I can't do these things. Why? Because my life is already bought and paid for. I belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't live for myself anymore. I live for Jesus. I'm, I'm a God pleaser. I'm not a man pleaser. And I'm not gonna, and I'm not a David. I'm not just gonna please myself. No, I'm gonna please God. I'm gonna serve God with all that I have, regardless of what it looks like. I'm following Jesus. No turning back. No, no, even though none may go with me, I will still follow Jesus. If everybody leaves me, I will still follow Jesus. I'm not letting go of Jesus. I'm holding on to Jesus. 
I'm keeping Jesus in my life. I don't care what anybody else does. If they all want to leave, I'm staying. If my friends take off on me, go. I'm staying with Jesus. I'm telling you, you can't put anything above God. Listen, your spouse, your kids, it, they, they have to play second. And God has to be first. God has to be first. And when we get so sold out to God and we push, you know, a poker term, we push all our chips in. And we say, that's it. I'm going all in for God. I'm not holding anything back. I'm telling you, you're going to live such an awesome, satisfying, jacked life. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. I mean, your life is going to be so good. But why? Because God's going to be filling himself for you and uh, filling himself he's going to be filling you up with himself. And I'm telling you, you're going to be so full of God wherever you go. You're going to be, you're going to be causing devils to shudder. You're going to be causing people. You're going to be setting people free, the captives free. I'm telling you, you're going to be doing things that you never thought you would do. And I'm telling you, God is raising up this church. And I'm telling you, all you have to do is put it all in. How do you do that? Well, I got, listen, one of the ways, if you, if you're having trouble with your flesh and I'm closing here, you just might need a fast. Oh my God. You just might need to just go on rations. You might, might just need to go water. You know, uh, you, you just need to fast and, and, and break some of these things off your flesh because fasting will dis- disconnect your feelings and your emotions and your drives, that, those drives that will try to draw you in. Maybe there's a spirit that's, trying to, that's always on you, trying to get you to do something. Maybe you need to fast and pray to get that spirit off of you. Maybe you need to fast one day, two days, three, whatever it takes to get set free. What, what, what is the value of your freedom? How bad do you want to be free from some of these things that will try to destroy your life? I'm telling you, I'm not going to let anything take me out of the will and the plan and the blessings of God in my life. I'm not going to let anything steal from me. No, if something's in my life that I need to get rid of, that I need to discipline myself, if I have to, I'm going to fast. I'm going to seek God. And I'm telling you, when I do, praise God. When you fast, you're going to come into a liberty. And I'm telling you, I've heard stories of people that have problems with with, uh, uh, nicotine, People that have problems with marijuana. I heard about this one person had pro- and they fast. They did a 21 day fast. We're going to be going to the fast in January, but you don't have to wait until January to do a 21 day fast. You can start your fast today if you want to. And you can be set free in a matter of weeks. And this guy was he used to uh, do drugs. I think he was marijuana. And he said, I'm going to fast marijuana for 21 days. And you know what? God set him free. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? Fasting is a powerful tool in setting you free from the bondages of the flesh that will try to pull us down. So I'm closing with that. That if you are really serious with God and you prayed and you got all the prayer that you could get and all that, you might want to consider fasting. And I'm telling you, I used to deal with depression on Monday mornings. I used to have Monday morning blues. Anybody ever deal with Monday morning blues? How about Tuesday? Wednesday and Thursday and Friday. 
I used to deal with money. I just would be depressed. I don't know why. I shouldn't be. God would be moving in the services. People would be getting saved and things like that. And I just would just feel heavy, like the heaviness on me. And so I started fasting one, one day a week for 24 hours. And you know what? It dissipated. I, the, 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 um, the feelings of depression left me. And I wasn't fighting the, that spiritual battle anymore. As Christians, we shouldn't be depressed. Amen. As Christians, we shouldn't be down. As Christians, we shouldn't be fighting anger issues and stuff like that. As Christians, no, we should be walking in the spirit of the Lord. And when you dis- fasting disconnects from the world and, and, and fasting connects, fasting with prayer and the word. Let me add that in there. Prayer and the word connects to God. And so when you disconnect from the world and you connect to God, then you're, then God can reveal truth to you, build you up and show you who you really are. And then you'll come, you'll become a new person. And see, Jesus, when he got water baptized that day, he never did a miracle uh, 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 before he got water baptized. Never did a miracle in his entire life, 30 years of existence. But when he went through the wilderness, was empowered by the spirit, he came out and he started opening blind eyes. The lame started walking. He started casting out devils. I'm telling you, God wants you in the same position. He wants you walking in the spirit. He wants you walking in power and you can do it because the greater one is in you. No no weapon formed against you shall prosper. You shall rise to a a higher day. And I believe that that day is today. Are you ready to move forward in God? You ready to let go of some of these things that are hindering you and put God first place? Just bow your heads in prayer. Father, I just thank you for your mercies and for your goodness and for your love. I know there's different ones of us that are struggling in areas of our flesh. But God, you're good. Jesus, you're the way. You're the way out. You're the truth. Oh, the truth sets us free. You're the way, the truth, and the life. You are our life. And Father, I just thank you for touching these people today. And I know, Lord God, that you're bringing us out. And perhaps you're here today. Maybe you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe you're watching online and you know you're, you're, you're living like the world. You're You may be watching, maybe you've received Jesus, but you're not living the Christian life that you need to be living. Well, maybe you never really received him. Maybe it was just an emotional trip. Well, Bible says in Romans 10, 9 and 10, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus died on the cross and that he was raised from the dead, you shall be saved. So if you confess this with your mouth and believe in your heart, you'll be saved today. So if you're watching online or perhaps you're here today, maybe you're a visitor... Just say this after me and me in your heart if you're ready to move forward in God. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. You were raised from the dead to save me. Jesus, I receive you today as my Lord and Savior. And Jesus, I turn my back on the world, on sin and darkness. And I turn fully to you. And I'm giving you all. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org 